Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle. And I just want to give a shout out to all the Portland people. Yesterday I was in Portland, Oregon. I was on AM Northwest. Woo! Yes, talking about um, energy, of course, and how to get out of the mind and all of these lovely things that are extremely important. And I just want to thank everyone for tuning into the show. And, and Helen is such a beautiful host. She did such a great job. It was really fun to read her. And I also just want to um, express my condolences to the staff and the family of Dave Anderson. He w- was a popular host on AM Northwest, and he passed away on oh. Sunday. Yes. Sorry to hear that. Yes. Yeah, so This um, was your third time there? My second. Second time. Yeah. Okay, I'll be right. back in April okay. and I think July and August, something like that. Great. Um, I know. I'm just, I'm loving it. It's a fun, different kind of experience, you know? <laughs> uh, it was really fun. And I also want to thank the person in Safeway who, who helped me um, find where I could get some mascara because, you know, I oh. woke up yesterday and <laughs> I realized I didn't have smudge-proof mascara Don't. with me. I know. And so I went I to Safeway. You have the same problem. Yeah, it's it's a little annoying, right? Right? (laughs) And so I went to Safeway, but they didn't have mascara at the Safeway in downtown Portland. Shame. What's going on? So this lovely (laughs) um, person who works for the store... got me to Target, you know, help me with my phone so I could get the directions (laughs) to Target. So thank you very much, lovely person, so I could have some eyelashes on TV. So it all worked out. Yeah. It all worked out. You know, one of the favorite things we get to do Mm -hmm. on air, although this is only the second time we've interviewed an author who's written a book of fiction, you know, we interview a lot of people who've written nonfiction. The first person who I interviewed was Deepak Chopra in a, a fiction book that he wrote. Um, and that was like a year and a half ago, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but we get to interview um, Sharon Guskin. She's the author of The Forgetting Time. And um, I've, I think I've only met Sharon once in person. We've talked many times on the phone, so I really feel like she's family. And I know some of her family, so she really feels like family to me. So today is really special for me to see her beautiful work, you know, being so incredibly celebrated around the world, actually. Um, already uh, is, is just fantastic and amazing, and I'm extremely, extremely happy for her. So Sharon Guskin, um, she lives in Brooklyn, New York, actually, with her two sons and her husband, has written a hypnotic meditation on how we know and the vast wonder of all we don't. Captivating and thought-provoking, it will make you look at everything anew. In equal parts of mystery and a testament to the profound connection between a parent and child, The Forgetting Time is a magnificent, riveting read. So welcome to the show, Sharon. Hi, Marie. Thank Hi. you so much. I'm just thrilled to be on this show since I'm, some, I listen all the time from the other end. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. It, it is so lovely, and I'm so happy for you, and I'm so proud of you. You know, People Magazine said your book was the book of the week. Which uh, was that last week or this week? It was uh, the week of February eighth. Wow! So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty surprising to me. It was very oh, exciting. So. You shouldn't be surprised. You know, um, <laughs> luckily for all of our listeners, I haven't finished the book because I might like spill the beans. You know, because I tend to do that. <laughs> it, I tend to, you know, um, give too much, which is fine if it's a nonfiction book. But when it's a fiction book, you want you know the readers to be surprised and 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 in awe. But I can tell you what I've read has me having so many emotions, you know, from, 
you know, empathy and sadness to humor. Plus, you know, it's it's even a little sexy, your book. A little. It's, 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 it's sexier at the beginning, which, which gave me pause when I gave the book to my 13-year-old, but he, he managed it. So. I was going to ask you if you had the boys read the book or if you said, um, oh, you need to wait. And you're right. It's, it's not like... It's not raunchy, uh, but it's very, very well written, and it's funny, and it is intimate, a little intimate in the beginning. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, yeah, my 11-year-old has not read it yet, but the 13-year-old actually took it to school and said it wasn't <laughs> embarrassing. So I thought, you know, no matter what anyone says about the book, when your 13-year-old says it's not embarrassing, you're, you're, you're home free. Wow. Oh, that's great. At first I thought it was embarrassing. I'm like, well, wait, wow. wait, wait, wait. We shouldn't bring that kind of stuff to school. But. I think you're really brave, too. I mean, smart to have your 13-year-old, you know, edit in a way some of what you've written but you're also really brave like okay honey yeah take that whole thing to school and let me know what happens you know <laughs> you're extremely brave so you have ties here in the northwest and um I, I know because you have family here but did you actually reside in the seattle area in the past um i never actually l- you know lived full-time but but because um i've spent so many sort of summers with my mm-hmm. my dad and stepmom in the edmonds area um, I feel, you know, deeply connected to it. And actually, my younger son is like a, a, a rabid Mariners fan. <laughs> like, that's his uniform of choice every single day is Mariners gear. So, wow. um, so we feel we feel very, um, very connected. Wow. Wow. So the topic of your book, um, I know for our listeners will be extremely interesting because, you know, we're all here about the metaphysics and all of those lovely things. It's it's really uh, talks about something that we're all still trying to get some insight about. You know, some people have formulated ideas about reincarnation and um, some people still don't have, you know, either it's just completely off the the record for them. Uh, maybe because of their strong religious beliefs, or some people haven't even had the time to really ponder what that could mean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, sure. So what, in, you know, uh, you said in some of the reading material I have about you that um, you began to think about, you know, this book, The Forgetting Time, of course, not knowing that you were going to title it then when you were a 20-year-old person working in refugee camps. Right. Well, I think, you know, at, at first... Um the, the idea just kind of like uh, just a little a little bit of it sort of a little spark of it came to me when i was i was in thailand as a really young person uh working at a refugee camp there with lao and cambodian uh refugees and you know in in other cultures you know in those cultures um reincarnation is kind of a fact of life um and when i was saying goodbye to them and knowing that i possibly would never see them again it was sort of a very poignant time and some of them would say we'll see you next life and (laughs) you know we kind of say that as a joke like see you next life but but it sort of occurred to me they're not entirely joking (laughs) like (laughs) like like there was a little seed of maybe we will see you next life um and so that was kind of the the very beginning of thinking about the book and then it sort of evolved a lot more um, much, much later when I, my kids were really small and I was volunteering at a hospice, actually. Um, and for some reason, death had never really freaked me out. Um, I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I th- sort of thought, well, if I'm not freaked out by death, then maybe I should work with people who are facing death because it'll be useful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a useful thing to do. So... Um, so I had these little kids at home, and I was, like, you know, breastfeeding and diapering, and then I'd go and work with someone sort of facing imminent death. And something about that situation just kind of woke, woke me up. 
Mm-hmm. And I just started to think, uh, there's more. I think there's more. Like, like, why aren't we talking about this? Well, mm-hmm. you're talking about this, Marie, mm-hmm. but a lot of us, we're not talking about it. We're not thinking about it. And I think there's there's something else. And so I just started, you know, becoming incredibly curious um, and reading everything I could get my hands on. And my stepmom, who, who you know, Marie, yes. um, Lois from Edmonds, was cleaning out her Edmonds garage, and she just picked up this book, and she said, oh, oh you might like this book. And it was this book, Old Souls, by um, Tom Schroeder, and he was a, a Washington Post reporter who was following around this, this man, Dr. Ian Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Ian Stevenson is a real guy. Um, he was a psychiatrist and the head of the psychiatric program at University of Virginia. I've and interviewed then, him, actually. Thanks. Oh, wait, you interviewed yeah. right, Jim Tucker, who's oh, also yeah. at the University of Virginia. Okay, yes. sorry. I got their no, names wrong. No, 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 it's okay. Because um, uh, Stevenson passed away, but Jim Tucker is c- carrying on he his t- work. He took over it, that's, yes, of that's course. That's totally sorry. right. He, he was his um, protege. And so Jim Tucker, who's also written a number of books, and Ian Stevenson, they just spent, like, their lives basically interviewing and collecting these 3,000 cases of very young children, um, mostly in Asia, but now more and more in the States, who have made these concrete statements about previous lifetimes and said these things like, you know, my name, you know, is not Purnima, you know, my name was this, and I lived you know, next to a temple in a blue house, and I sold these two kinds of incense, and then one day a truck hit me while I was riding my bike, and I died. Wow. And then they would find that there was a person who exactly fit that, you know, scenario, and sometimes they would take the child to that, you know, often faraway village, and the child would identify people and identify things, and there's just these cases that are are mind-blowing to me. Um. And so, um, you know, and there's there's one of them, Shanti Devi, like Gandhi, formed a committee to investigate her case because she knew all these these words that were in a dialect from village far, far, far away from where she lived. And they took her to that village, the Gandhi's committee, and she went up to, to someone who the little girl had never met before and started kissing his feet and said, oh. this is my brother-in-law. Oh. And she knew all of these things about about oh. this other family. She knew where a well had been. She knew where money had been buried. So these are like, these are pretty... Um, staggeringly interestingly cases and I just started you know between my kids at home and like why are I started to think like why are they the way they are like why is one of them afraid of the you know of sleeping and then the the other one is really drawn to you know the sound of a saxophone and like it just started to raise all these questions for me like how you know why are the siblings completely different you know how are our children our children and so out of like all of this sort of just percolating, um, this story came to me about uh, a skeptical single mom whose four-year-old seems to be um, longing for another family from a previous lifetime and, and who meets up with the, with the doctor inspired by Dr. Stevenson and Tucker um, to sort of help her son. So, um, so that's kind of the genesis of right. the book. Right, right. And and it's it's you know this book has barely been out on the shelves. It came out this month in February, and um, the indie and indie has picked it as the next pick. Amazon best book of February, and Barnes and Noble February top pick in fiction as well. So this book is really really well received. I think it's fascinating. Well, 
not, not only the topic, but the way you write. You're a beautiful writer. And it's... Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very, and it's very real. Like what you're writing about the way a person is having an experience in the book, you feel like you're right there with them, having that experience with them. Um, and it's it seems very honest. Like this is exactly how somebody would respond under these particular circumstances, which aren't always pretty. You know, there it's it's amazing how you have really I think you allow the reader to become vulnerable with the characters and the scenarios that are happening in their lives that you know um, maybe not all of them are typical but many of them are things that we've experienced or we will someday um, yeah it's, it's excellent you've done a great job oh thank you yeah sometimes it's kind of emotional writing these scenes because you can really empathize with the characters and you know there there were some tears shed actually for, for I what they went through I believe it yeah I believe it and you've been writing for quite a while but this is your very first published book it is. It wow. is. And yeah, I had um actually two books that I wrote that did not get published. Um so just encouragement for any people out there still scribbling away. I've been writing for kind of over twenty years and you know, after not publishing the first two, you know, you reach a certain moment where you're like, Are you out of your mind to keep <laughs> writing? <laughs> but um but I think it also freed me up to stop writing to impress other people and like all the Brooklyn writers and just kind of, well, I want to write what I, what, what I think, you know, what's the story that compels me. And so with this, I just wrote what I, you know, the story that I wanted to write. And so it was published uh, a month after my 50th birthday. Oh, so. <laughs> congratulations. And I do want to touch on that subject matter. You know, everyone has natural gifts and talents. Everyone does. And everyone has a calling or a purpose inside of them. Besides the the major calling, I think that we all have is to learn to not be separate from our source and our, our true selves. You know, why we live in a physical reality to learn to connect with that you know, very divine place that is within all of us. I think that's mm-hmm. our our collective purpose in life. Um, but I love that you Beautiful. stuck <laughs> that you stuck with it. You know, that you stuck with this thing that you love so much, even though initially there had been some rejection with two books that you wrote previously. Yeah, no, I think um, it's it's interesting. Certainly, when those books didn't sell, there was some disappointment there. But I think. Um, just to connect to that, that no, I, I want to write. I feel that I have something to say as a writer. And also, um, I think gradually I, I started to separate, <clears throat> you know, the success of my work from my value as a, as a human mm. being and what I could give as a human being. And that's when I really became free as a writer. And so I think, you know, I, I just think it's, it's, now I'm very happy, actually, that those books didn't sell because I'm very I'm I'm proud of this book actually and and happy to send it out into the world as my de- debut. So um, so it's, it's it's you know it's it's an interesting journey, um, but I certainly would encourage people to to keep at it because you know it's a, sometimes it takes a while to to find your voice and. Um, and it can be so thrilling if you know to finally to finally do that and finally get it out in the world in, in any way. Wow, yeah, I couldn't agree. We're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Sharon Guskin. She is the author of The Forgetting Time and People Magazine. Um, as of February 8th, it was the book of the week, and they wrote bold, captivating. Guskin amps up the suspension while raising provocative questions about the maternal bond and its limits. You'll be mesmerized. We'll be right back. We are one tonight 
Ignite your connection to spirit in southern Spain, September 18th through the 23rd. Join Marie for a six-day retreat at the beautiful Hidden Paradise Center located in lush Las Alpujarras between the Sierra Nevada mountains and the Mediterranean coastline. During this retreat, you will learn practical and fun techniques to separate mental chatter from intuitive and spiritual guidance. You will receive feedback and support during group gatherings and as Marie communicates with your spirit guide. Discover the messages that the universe is sending your way and build confidence to follow your intuition and manifest the life of your dreams. You will also be able to connect with a group of like-minded individuals far away from your busy everyday life. For more information, please visit energyintuitive.com. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. This year, Marie is honored to present at the Edgar Casey Spring Seabeck Retreat. Join Marie April 1st through the 3rd in beautiful Seabeck, Washington to shift awareness for a fulfilling life. This two-and-a-half-day retreat will change your perception, expand your energy, and help you radically recharge your life. Throughout the weekend, Marie will teach amazing techniques on how to create a new life perception while showing your exercises that enlighten your energy. She will also explain how illness enters the body based on emotional beliefs and share how to integrate healing exercises and techniques into your everyday life so you can live an outrageously joyful life no matter what. Edgar Casey material will also be presented. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Lewis and Clark would be proud. We're exploring new territory on the air every day right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Get, get it poppin', hot tamale, dirty bass, we so body body. Too legit, we can't quit the party. Super freaks, no Illuminati. So, one, two, hit the booze. We on you, too. Nothing to lose, so let it loose. Cause the sheep don't sleep like pop, 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 pop. Drop low to the L.O. Very nice. Welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live with Sharon Guskin. She is the author of The Forgetting Time, her very first book that is getting smashing reviews around the world because uh, it's already being read in how many different countries, Sharon? Well, it's um, it's sold to 15 countries, um, and they're they're coming out at different times. So it's it's out now in the UK. Wow! And um, and you know they'll they'll it'll come out across the world at different moments. So wow, it's pretty exciting. Wow. Well, and and you know you really do have a huge educational background in writing. 
You've been a fellow at Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, Blue Mountain Center, and Ragdale, and you have degrees from Yale University and Columbia University School of Arts. So you've been working on writing and your beautiful craft for quite a while, a long time. I have. <laughs> it takes a while for some of us. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that when we're doing something that we love, it, it, I mean, I can't speak for, you know, what you may have considered as a delay or something of that nature, but when you are doing what you love, it's just it's so fun and exciting, and there's so much to learn that there's so much energy that's propelling one towards um, more of their you know destiny, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely um, has been super meaningful in my life. So, and you're going to be in Pasadena um, tonight uh, giving a talk, correct? Um, yes, I'm at Roman's Bookstore at uh, 7 p.m. tonight, so I'm going to hop a plane in just a little while Yay. and get over there, and, uh, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Right, and you you actually have, uh, you and your husband, um, you have both have creative careers. Your husband um, creates music. He's a composer, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so we've got two very artistic people. Um, any pressure on the boys? <laughs> I don't know if it's pressure on them. It's just funny because I, sometimes I feel like, oh, they have a little unrealistic idea of what people <laughs> do for a living because um, yeah, they're both very musical and they both actually like to write. And, uh, and so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We don't, we don't pressure them any which way, but we certainly feel like we, we have to encourage whatever they're interested in because we've gone on with such um, kind of... Uh, uh, unusual and and to conventional minds risky uh, careers that <laughs> seem to have worked out okay for us. So. Well, I think worked out much better than okay. <laughs> but I think that creative people sometimes are like holding their breath a little bit, you know, like, okay, that worked out great, but eh, will the next one work out great? Um, and so, so what is the in in case um, people don't know um, whom your husband, what he's done? What is maybe one of the most you know, well-known things that he's created. Um, well, let's see. He's he's um, he's known by I would say the most people for doing the the theme to to Sex in the City. Oh wow! The, the yeah. TV show, but he's yeah. also um, written a beautiful opera based on uh, the the play and movie Doubt um, was that by oh, John right. Patrick Shanley and John Patrick Shanley wrote the libretto and they did the opera in uh, at Minnesota Opera. A couple of years ago, is just um, really beautiful, riveting piece. I mean, he's my husband, but I <laughs> I can't be entirely objective. But other people have agreed with me, <laughs> um, and uh, and and so he's written. You know, he does kind of a gamut, but but um, and he wrote a piece uh, called uh, Arjuna's Dilemma that's actually inspired by the Bhagavad Gita. That's just very um, spiritual. I think both of us, you know, have been interested in exploring spiritual subjects in our in our art, um, which which has been very you know interesting and gratifying for us, so. right? And so you do have a spiritual practice yourself that you are actively pursuing um, in your downtime in between books. I do. It's interesting. It, it it developed a lot more when I was writing the book, actually, because when I started, I think I was mainly curious about these ideas of you know children remembering past lives and reincarnation and sort of as I kept working on the book and steeping myself in these stories and these cases um, and started to start to ask myself oh um, well 
is it do is this true well maybe do i think it's true maybe i think it's true you know and then i got to meet sort of dr tucker who i who i know you've met and is really like the most sort of conscientious rational person you know you'll ever meet and sort of like these guys are serious <laughs> and finally i just realized you know i think this is true so what does that mean for me to to you know if we if we come back what does that mean in terms of how I'm living my life if we come back. And so I did. It sort of led me into a spiritual path, a Buddhist path, although I I feel that the book is not a Buddhist book. It's just kind of my job as a as a novelist is just to raise the questions. What yeah. if it's true? And what does that mean for you if it's true? You know, and I think everybody has to answer that for themselves. Which I, I love that because that's really what spirituality is about in my mind. It's a very individual experience. You know, it's it's kind of like making a quilt of pieces of things that you believe in and that you're trying on and you're weaving it all together and, and, and then you use it to cuddle you and help you through life. Um, Cosmopolitan wrote about your book. It says, for fans of Cloud Atlas and the Lovely Bones, the psychological mystery will have you hooked until the case is closed. Or is it? Um, (laughs) Which is quite lovely. Yeah, so the book is getting great reviews all over the place. And, of course, you know, 15 countries have also decided to pursue this book um, as well. So how are you, uh, you know, because this is a lot for a first-time author. I mean, this is what every author, I think, a first-time author would, would, you know, if their imagination goes in that direction, you know, would want something like this. And how are you handling it all? Is it fun? Is it kind of stressful is a little bit of both um because you seem to be um, handling it perfectly from what i can see oh thank you so much murray um well you know i think um you know as you know because we've known each other and i've you know um been a, a client and everything i think i think you know it's been an evolution for me to get to sort of let go of a lot of fear and nervousness just in general in my life and so this couldn't have come at a at a better time because first of all I'm not so young anymore. That's and not maybe... true. <laughs> you <laughs> okay. remember fifties the new twenty. I think, uh, okay, I 50, think that's okay. correct. So I'm so I'm still the vital <laughs> new twenty. But you are. But, <laughs> but it no, it's been um I don't know. I'm very grateful that whatever is happening is happening now, um, because I really can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm really enjoying it a lot, you know, and I and um, I think part of it is having done that work, though, to kind of move my mind in a, just a more positive direction in general and and learn how to sort of focus less on, you know, what everyone's thinking of me and more just to connect, as you said, to connect to to the sort of the, the more spiritual, um, kind of deeper, shining part of oneself and, mm-hmm. and try, to, try to let that out. To, to connect with others. And so with this book, it's actually been kind of easy because um, I just think it's so fascinating with the, t- the subject of the book that um, that it's not about like, oh, you should read this book because I wrote it and I want you to read it. It's like, no, this is right. fascinating stuff and, and interesting questions. And and it might be useful for someone to, to to think about these things, and they might enjoy thinking about these things. And so it's really, I'm really driven. My intention for the book is just to connect with people and and to provide something that might be useful for them. So it just it just makes it kind of easier. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, I think it's beautiful. I love that 
you know, where the earth is and the human realm right now, where we're really thinking about energy in ways that we never have before, our own human energy system. We're thinking about dimensions and other time-space realities from a collective consciousness, not just a small bubble of people here and there, but it's, you know, science has brought us forward in quantum physics and has us asking really deep questions about, well, if everything is energy, what does that mean about our bodies, about our souls, um, about the dirt we're buried in or the fire that consumes us at the end of our life? What does that mean if energy is forever and it can never be destroyed or truly contained? You know, what does that mean for us? So I think it's like perfect timing and to have it, you know, written in a book that is of course, interesting to me, the subject matter is very interesting, but it's also funny and empathetic and interesting and heartfelt. Um, yeah, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, and I do feel that um, this, these stories of the of the children who remember Stevenson and Tucker have talked about that it is in alignment with quantum physicists and, and what they've said. And I think it was Max Planck or one of the really early, powerful quantum physics guys said, you know, I believe that consciousness is fundamental, and I believe that matter is derived from consciousness. And I just think, what a statement <laughs> to think about. It's true. You know, because anything true. is possible then, right? So many things are, just extraordinary things are possible, if that's right. the case. Right. And if we can get out of our you know, intellectual thinking, which tends to be very limiting to us, and most of it's based on fear... Um, then we can allow more magic into our lives and, and more fun and fascination and all of those good things. It's quite lovely. So we're going to go ahead and um, take a caller from the, yeah, great. Benny's on it. He's like reading my mind this morning. That's what we do. We're quick around here. So Juliana from San Diego, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you're welcome. So you have a question about career, and I thought this would be a great question with our guest, Sharon, as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so what's your question? Well, it actually ties into what the book is about a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I was just talking with a friend the other day, and I said, okay, are these deep-rooted fears past life, this lifetime, because why am I unable to go forward? So my question regarding career is I finished naturopathic medical school and um, relocated back to California, and I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I get my practice started when my passion in my heart has always been the intuitive counseling and coaching and I'm stuck because as you said anything is possible but then my mind keeps telling me well you can't build a career around that and then why did you go to school for this so I'm really torn (laughs) so Sharon do you have any words of wonder or uh, or Um, fun before I add some tidbits uh, well I would just say that I think your answer is is right there in your question that that you you know what your path is and that you're you're sort of fighting with your own fear and negativity i'm not saying that you're negative but i mean these thoughts that we have that we've all have like you know anyone writing a book it's like how can i write a book who would want to read anything i wrote you know how right. can i do this thing that i want to do it's not it's not practical other people will tell me i can't do it and i yeah. think the that fear, kind of fear-based way of going about things is really, really makes it difficult um, to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. I think you have to kind of, it's very helpful if you can just kind of let go of that way of thinking and just realize right. that, that you can let go of it, that you can right. reframe it for yourself as like, I'm, you know, no, this, this is what I, I, I want to do and this is the path that I'm going to follow and 
And when you get a little afraid or, or nervous about it, you can just say, okay, I'm experiencing that. That, that makes sense, given the world that I'm in, but I don't need to listen to it at all, at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the voice of fear. I'm now, before I used to be so in it, and now I'm able to step outside of it and ask, is that really true? But then I know in my heart it's just, it's not. It's taking that next step that I feel stuck. Right. You, you know, I think that you're one of the lucky people. Um, there's a lot of people who have no idea what they want to do, and that's so frustrating for them. They're trying to discover, well, do I have any talents? If I do, where are they? What inspires me? What what makes me feel impassioned about life? Yeah. And yeah. so you're one of the fortunate individuals who actually has determined um, what turns you on. And I, I think that it's fabulous that you have a degree in naturopathic medicine. I think that just makes you even more desirable and more interesting and um, yeah, I I, th- I think it's an asset. Where, which I found it interesting that you thought of it as maybe not so maybe. much, right? Yeah, I uh, think I feel of it. It puts me in a box because why? people expect you to practice this way, and I'm more. And I've known since I was 20, mm-hmm. I wanted to be an intuitive counselor. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic because as a licensed naturopathic physician, you could say, hey, and I think you should go see a naturopath for, you know, I'm, I'm sensing this about you or something of that nature, you know, it, or you could combine them, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can combine all of those things. And I, what I think is interesting about people, and I'm sure Sharon probably thinks this too, as a writer, I mean, I, I think that you think this in a positive way, Sharon, is that I don't think anyone should pigeonhole themselves into a particular antidote of whom they are. I think that's extremely limiting. I think as we yeah. step into our passion, more of ourselves is revealed and it's, okay. it's not usually who we think we are. And that, you know, I think you should own all of the great qualities you have and the education you've received and, and okay. not say, well, I'm going to be this, so I can't be that. You know, how about you get to be all of those things and they're all perfect and wonderful and amazing. Why not? I like that. It's so much softer and it calms my mind. I would prefer to go see uh, an intuitive who's a naturopathic physician personally, you know, and, and, okay. if, and if she goes, you know, she has her license, she goes, hey, let's just do a blood panel. I'd be thrilled That's <laughs> personally, true. True. right? I mean, that okay. I would be thrilled. Yeah. So, so think about it that way. And I think this might help you to kind of really look at your career in, in maybe a, a more flowering Think of it as a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And if it was all roses, it might be boring. And you have like an English garden bouquet that represents you. you. Yeah. And and let all of you show up to help people because people need a little bit of everything when they need help. And you have the qualifications to do that. So I would would celebrate that. Thank you. I definitely am. And I'm ready to put myself out there more. So thank you. Great. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, yeah, so the fear thing, Sharon, you know, that can really get into people's ways, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think it definitely got in my way, and I think it's, I mean, it's easy to fall into that, but it's just so unnecessary to, to live that way. That's the thing, and it's so, it's so like, like in, that, in that particular case, you know, just, you know, when you feel that feeling that you're sort of shrinking it's like mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of like the fear shrinks you mm-hmm. and what you were kind of encouraging her to do which it sounded like she was totally getting is to just is to just think bigger it's like oh well this doesn't go with that does it great i'm going to make this new thing that has both mm-hmm. and just to kind of think bigger instead of sort of shrinking from the from that sense of what what's possible you know 
And I do believe that when we have things that we're stuck in in our life, like we've worked really hard to change them and it takes a lot of work and it's very challenging, I do believe that there's a past life connection. I, I do believe that it's something we've, we are working, we've been working on maybe for centuries. And, and maybe, you know, in this lifetime, it's not as horrific as maybe it was in another lifetime where, you know, we were most of the world, um, you know, disposed of people for very little reason, you know, and that's why we have so much fear about it too, because, you know, when we've lived multiple lifetimes and we've experienced, you know, politics and relationships and illnesses in different, um, time periods where antibiotics didn't, you know, exist or, the Puritan way of solving problems was evident. And and so we hold in our cells the energy of those previous lifetimes. And so when we're working on a subject that kind of correlates with that, whatever it might be, those cells get activated. And in the young people that the Virginia professors studied, you know, they actually found children young enough. Thankfully, their parents allowed them to have their their thoughts and believe them and listen to them and didn't tell them that they were silly or something of that nature. And they were able to actually, you know, have a deeper expression of that live cellular memory. Right. That's, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And I think also that idea of just letting go of these old fears um, is very much a a part of the, the work they're doing with these with these kids, because some of them do have, you know, phobias that that have have crossed into this life. You know, if they were just drowned in a past life, and they're afraid of water in this life, and there's something um, about sort of validating those memories. I think that in some cases can be healing, where they start to let go of them. Uh, and in you know, in most actually, most cases of the children, they forget everything by the time they're five or six or so. Right. So, so that's helpful too. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree about the validation of those phobias, whether they're, you know, water or flying or being successful in life. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that if we validate them in terms of, you know, just say, honey, I'm really sorry you're feeling that way. You know, I think you're an incredible person and I love you and um, I, I'm so sorry this is uncomfortable for you. I think that also helps in the healing process. Right, so you're not resisting and fighting against them. You're kind of like accepting that it's occurring maybe due to some past life trauma or something, and then you can gradually let go of it. Right, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you uh, worked in this refugee camp, you know, years ago. How long were you there? I was there, this is so long ago. I think it was like about six months or so. It was a long time. It wasn't a huge long time. At the at the end, I was uh, had a little um, accident and I broke a couple toes, and so it wasn't so uh, it wasn't su- such the best state to be hobbling around the refugee camp. And I and I had taken a year off of college actually, so then I went back to to college after that. But I came back pretty transformed, I have to say, wow. um, from the very sheltered person I'd been when I headed off. Wow! Wow! Well, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Sharon Guskin. She is the author of a novel. The Forgetting Time. We'll be right back. (music) 
In the pristine setting of Sun Valley, Idaho, May 27th through the 30th, the Sun Valley Wellness Festival features the top speakers, visionaries, and practitioners addressing diverse aspects in the fields of mind, body, spirit, and environmental wellness. Featuring keynote speaker Jewel, Marianne Williamson, MC Yogi, and over 30 speakers, including Marie Manucherry. For more information, visit sunvalleywellness.com. That's sunvalleywellness.com. Do you know someone in need of a free wheelchair ramp? The Master Builders Association would like to help. For 23 years, local residential builders have built free wheelchair ramps for disabled homeowners in King and Snohomish counties through Rampathon. If someone you know needs help with access to their home, please visit rampathon.org and complete an application or call 1-800-522-2209. Applications are being accepted now through February 26th. Magnetize your destiny with Affirm Your Worth cards created by intuitive self-healing author Marie Manucheri. These 50 cards build confidence and self-worth so you may magnetize a life on purpose. Within weeks, most people happily report surprising results. Visit energyintuitive.com to receive this life-changing tool. Having trouble picking up the Alternative Talk 1150 signal? Well, whether you live in Portugal or Puyallup, Tasmania or Tacoma, India or Issaquah, you can get Alternative Talk 1150 programming streamed live on your computer via our website, 1150kknw.com. It's true. Just visit 1150kknw.com and click on the Listen Live button. Make sure you have an audio player installed that will play streaming MP3 audio such as Winamp, iTunes, or current versions of Real Player or Windows Player. Visit our website for more details. Remember, that's 1150kknw.com. Marie Manucheri, RN and renowned energy healer, provides accessible instruction for helping you tune in to your health at a deeper level in her first book, Intuitive Self-Healing. Offering a compendium of illuminating case studies and practical self-care techniques, Marie invites you to learn more about the chakras, energetic preventative care, and tools for accessing intuition. Intuitive Self-Healing is available at Amazon.com and Energy and intuitive.com open your ears open your heart open your mind alternative talk 1150 a.m Welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle, and I'm interviewing Sharon Guskin. She's the author of The Forgetting Time. And Mary Morris, the author of The Jazz Palace, wrote about your book, A Spellbinding Ride, Guskin's beautifully rendered and wonderfully told novel explores the mysteries of how we connect to one another in the deepest of ways. What an amazing book. How lovely. You've had so many gorgeous reviews for your book. I know. I'm very, very grateful. I've been, people have been so generous. Oh, and well, obviously they're touched, you know, by um, what you wrote, and it's having a meaningful impact on them. And I think it's a uh, perfect for our time where we're needing to open our minds and look at life differently and question things in uh, in kind of a collective consciousness uh, in terms of we've all been here before. We we might come back again. And um, maybe we'll see each other in a future lifetime, um, which was expressed to you very early in your 20s and and got you on this path of um, the forgetting time. Yeah, it's lovely. So we're going to go ahead and and go to the phone lines. Who do we have? Yeah, we'll take Sasha calling in from Kirkland. Sasha, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. 
Hello, what can I do for you? Well, I don't know if my question is in tune with the topic <laughs> of discussion, but I will try anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, several years ago, two or three years, I developed some weird chronic pain in uh, the right side of my neck and jawline. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to... I went to MRI, all this uh, scans, and uh, they discovered nothing. I went to dentist, and they was, uh, and in the same time, problem with teeth popped out, uh, with different teeth actually, suddenly out of the blue. And uh, I was trying to fix it during uh, last two years, and uh, I'm looking for best dentist, and nothing seems work. And recently, I started stepping into the problem. And I was, I hope that you will be able to help me to identify underlying emotional problem. Yeah. You know what's so interesting about all of this, and um, Sharon, I'm sure that this type of conversation that we're going to have with Sasha is something that you've you've talked about in the book, is that people hold emotions from previous lifetimes, and they hold it deep inside their body, this cellular memory. And, you know, most people don't remember their past lives. I mean, that's why I think all this information out of um, the University of Virginia is, is so um, paramount because there's actually been real clinical research and studies that have even been proved that um, these children have these actual memories of things that there's no way they could possibly know anything about that happened years before they were born. And so this this is what we're noticing. And as um, an energy worker, this is one of the things I do. I don't necessarily say, oh, in World War II or... You know, this happened to you in the 14th century. It's not always part of the conversation. Sometimes it is, but not always. But nevertheless, trapped energy. And so, uh, Sasha, what you're experiencing is a lot of trapped energy about your power and speaking your truth. And that's why it's affecting that part of your body. That's why it's hard to diagnose. It's why it's hard to treat because it's very strongly energetic. So I would really work on maybe journaling Whatever you think or feel might be your truth. That means that most likely how you're expressing yourself in whatever language you are expressing yourself, it's not your truth. Somehow you're maybe masking what you're really feeling. You could perhaps have no idea what you're really feeling. You may be trying to protect other people in your life. I know I can be guilty of that. I certainly have had a, a lifetime where um, I, because I'm so empathic, I can feel others and I may speak to protect them or you know, uh, not want them to feel all their feelings and then I don't get to fully express myself, you know? So, um, that is what's going to make a difference in all of this. And of course, um, we wish you the best with your health. We truly do. Thank you, Marie. You're welcome. And, um, keep us posted. Uh, Try that journal, get it out or talk to a wall or a kitty cat. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a human being that you're afraid that you might hurt their feelings. Um, but go ahead and, and have a conversation with some object that can, you know, help you move forward on this. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, so do you think that that's something that you are very interested about, Sharon? Is this whole idea about how is our past memory affecting this current lifetime? Um, I mean, cer- <clears throat> excuse me. Certainly, um, with this book, it's um, and and just in general, I think it's a fascinating question of of. How did we, you know, come out to be the people that we are? And, you know, I've certainly asked, you know, have I written before in a past life? Did I want to write Mm. in a past life? Mm. Um, You know, I think it's interesting now that, you know, I kind of embarked on a path that's the Buddhist path. There are little things that I noticed in my book that that are images 
Buddhism that I didn't know at all because I did not write this book when I was practicing. So I'm like, oh, well, did those come from from a previous, um, you know, a previous life? And did I have that sort of connection? You know, did I have that that these sort of spiritual feelings before, and that's what's leading me to write this book. So I do feel like both positive and negative um, sort of emotions are are sort of course, coursing through us from previous lives and existences. Wow. No, I, that was beautifully said. I, I think that makes so much sense. And as you were writing this book, that's probably also what helped you to, co- to even reflect on that, because I'm sure things like this are happening to us in some way on a somewhat regular basis, but we're not taking the time to really go, hey, where did that come from? And why do I find that so fascinating? And um, But in the writing, you were able to, you know, collect some similar experiences together that helped you to reflect even further on, well, wait a minute, have I been a Buddhist person before? Have I lived in a, a monastery? D- did I live in Tibet? You know, I mean, huh, you know, this is very curious, wonderful thinking. I love it. Yeah, it kind of opened a door for me. And I think it's it's fun to open doors, you know. Lovely. And why don't we go ahead to another caller then? Sure. Uh, 877-825-8828 is the number, and we'll take Kate calling in from California. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What can I do for you, or what can we do for you? (laughs) Marie and Sharon, I've already enjoyed this show so much and feel like I've received so much. Um, um, I'm calling just mostly, um, I would really appreciate um, you drawing out my energy, Marie, and giving me any insights about my physical body and my emotional body. It's been a really trying year for me, and generally I feel really in alignment, but um, it's just been really hard. And um, so I was hoping to have some insight from you tonight or today. So already 2016 is hard is what you're saying? Um, it was mostly 2015. Okay, yeah. Is it getting better this year? You know, I it know, is getting yeah, better. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. It's getting better. That's exactly what it feels like to me. Um, do you think that part of, I, I've drawn at your energy, you have a, a major leak at the second chakra. Do you think that part of mm. what's going on, and I'm, I'm sure Sharon can add some words of wisdom to this on this subject too, is that you're, you are speaking, you know, it kind of goes along with the former caller too, which is interesting, mm-hmm. that you're speaking more of your truth than you ever mm-hmm. have before, and not everyone in your circle likes it or understands it. And I think that's what's created part of the challenges for you. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sharon, I know that as you've evolved into the author you are today, and even changing your thoughts to more positive ones about life rather than maybe negative ones, I'm sure that's affected your relationships around you. Uh, absolutely has actually and um i mean uh you know i have a lot of uh wonderful people around me but as i've connected more to you know as you would say speaking your truth and and just being honest in terms of um what i was interested in and you know this subject is not for everybody you know um <clears throat> but i just became more and more um positive and more and more sort of clear in my intention that I was just going to to stay in alignment with that and the the benefits have been amazing because I just have more and more sort of positive and like just shining people drawn to me and I'm making more connections that way and it's also actually helped the people in my life who who tend to kind of go into more negative fearful minds um just in some subtle way I think that we influence each other all the time and I think that if you could 
maybe if this is what's happening for you, shift your intention instead of like, oh, these people aren't accepting me or they're judging me to just like, you know, as I keep moving in alignment um, with my beliefs and what I, what I want to, to do and say, others will be, you know, will, will, will benefit from that. Um, that might be just a way to kind of, just kind of keep pushing toward the light, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I am really supported and have a strong community and know where that like community of light workers is for me in my life. Um, I guess I just, I, I don't know what to do, like to like do my healing work and I feel like I show up for it and, um, and, and I feel like my health keeps kind of, it's just off and, um, and I feel like it has to do with like a lot of my emotional body, like, like now impacting my physical body. Well, you know, when I look at it, um, in terms of what you just described and, and, you know, you say this, you're in this great community, but I see a lot of people who actually aren't excelling professionally, um, Mm. in this community of yours. So you guys are like staying in kind of this, you know, victim consciousness or poor me, or this isn't working out or, you know, it's, it's, and you need to break away. I mean, I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's a lovely group. I'm sure they're really good, wonderful people, but you need to break away because you really want this as a profession. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think you're in this interesting place where you don't want to break away because it feels like a safe haven, yet the energy that's there is actually not going to help you to create this as a profession. So, so then you're not really speaking your truth. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can feel your hesitation because I think it is challenging, and I'm I'm sure we all can relate to when, you know, when we haven't quite felt empowered yet, and we're holding on to relationships that make us feel okay about who we are, but they're also not empowering us because those individuals aren't self empowered yet, and sure. and so it's a, it's a challenging time, but it goes along with what we've been talking about. So I think it'll be fascinating for you to break away and. And and let your light shine and and positively affect other people. And that's my road to healing that second chakra leak. Yeah, the second chakra leak. So just don't care what other people think or say, and and yeah. and try not to protect them. I don't think it's a good idea. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. And thank you, Sharon. That was extremely helpful. And, and you know, I think um, as a person yourself who's you know allowed herself to be her magnificence and her wonderful self and into write beautifully the way you have always intended and have always felt about yourself. You know, there is that walking away from the old version of ourselves when we don't feel quite good enough. Right. That was a big one for me, not feeling good enough, not feeling good enough, you know. And I really had to let go of that, that self, that feeling, you know. And, um, but it's so, it's such a relief on the other <laughs> side of that. Oh my goodness. To just be sort of, this is, this is what I have to say. This is what I have to give. And I intend to give it. And, you know, people will have all kinds of different reactions, you know, because they're dealing, they're in their world, you know. Um, so um, it's very liberating to let go of that, uh, both protecting others who are stuck in their ways, because I've done a bunch of that, too. Um, cause sometimes you protect others from your own light, you know, and your own success, and that's not helping anybody, actually. Um, it helps them way more when you break out and you kind of just, just be yourself and do your thing, and then they sort of start to think, well, maybe I can do that. Um, that's way better for them. I agree. And I thank you so much for standing in your light. And, you know, everyone agrees, no matter what their beliefs might be. Um, 
from around the world. And congratulations on your beautiful, gorgeous book. And it looks like some people in California get to talk with you tonight. So we hope that um, they can join you. And um, and that's uh, where are you going to be again? Sharon? It's um, in uh, Romans Bookstore in Pasadena, seven Great. p.m. Great. Great bookstore. Thank you so much. I hope I get to give you a hug in person soon. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Marie. I'm so so grateful to be on your wonderful show. Oh, thank you, and everyone, joyful blessings. Bye bye. Oh, 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 o